this week we'll talk about learning product management. And we have a special guest today, Greg. Greg works as a technology manager at Amazon, where he builds AI products from ground up. And you've probably seen him many times on LinkedIn, where he shares a lot of useful resources. So welcome to our event, Greg. Thank you so much, Alexey. Thank you for having me and lend the ears of the audience today as well. So hopefully uh, you're doing great on your side, that the year uh, started off to a good start. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So before we go into our main topic of uh, product management, let's start with your background. Can you tell us about your career journey so far? Absolutely. So I started in uh, manufacturing. I'm an industrial engineer. I also have a master's in engineering management with a focus around supply chain and business. So in manufacturing, I had the opportunity to rotate around different positions, whether it's supply chain, ops management, uh, quality safety management. Then in manufacturing also, I had a chance to be a product manager uh, responsible for value chain uh, optimization and especially pricing optimization, which was very fun. And that was before I joined Amazon and you know, building some systems that are either AI-based or non-AI-based to make sure that I keep customers safe when uh, they go online and purchase the products. So you were managing actual products, uh, I mean, physical products before that, right? Yeah, before that, it was uh, physical products, understanding the value chain from the time you put your strategy for purchasing raw materials to put a strategy behind where you want to manufacture these products, how much it costs you to produce them, which are the distribution centers, the price of the products, and then the marketing strategy and all that stuff. And all of these strategies and data that you're pulling is the role is to optimize the margin for all of these products, given that you're creating value for the customers that you serve. And it was a B2B company in the chemical industry. So that was quite interesting to be able to collaborate with different groups from a commercial team of sales folks and also finance. And also uh, you have marketing, uh, transportation teams. And uh, it was good to be kind of in the middle to coordinate all of this, to make sure that the execution of each department was done on time to deliver exactly what the customer is expected to receive or be on. So product manager is not a T-specific role, right? I would say it, it varies by department even uh, it's not only varies by the company it's like inside of a company there could be different roles a product manager can take my latest at the manufacturing setting as a product manager was developing what i call data products uh what i call data products is kind of like a, a hub aggregator of data that provide certain services to its clients my clients were internally when you think about group of sales folks who often struggle to understand where to get data, how to get data and perform some quick analysis to make quick decisions or make informed decisions. So I would build uh, key dashboards that were run on top of curated pipelines and that helped them build different things such as put together a contract in less than five days where they're able to explore the distribution routings, the transportation capacity, assess the client's demand over a period of time, forecast this demand, assess the pricing of their competitors, work with you know, marketing data to understand what kind of discount this customer needs to have, or even understanding what the historical data of that customer was to understand what kind of uh, new value proposition they can put at the table for that customer. And the goal was to generate these kind of contracts very fast so you don't lose an opportunity to book a long-term contract with these customers. So for that, they needed access to uh, curated data to minimize the time it takes to transform that data to generate insights. Yeah, that's quite a lot of things. So you mentioned marketing, you mentioned pricing, you mentioned transportation, and then building this internal data product. Is this uh, what a typical product manager does? 
So let's say, let's take a data team, like a usual IT company, not in manufacturing company. Now let's say a company has a website, could be e-commerce website. So what the role of a product manager could be in such a company in a data team? So what are they usually responsible for? It's good to make the distinction between data product management and traditional product management. There are a lot of data products that are being sold to external customers that are being managed and developed, implemented via the traditional product management principles and best practices. What I talk about specifically is data product management for products that are being served internally. So in this case, your customers are sales folks, marketing, uh, finance, supply chain, any program teams that can leverage these services, these products to consume and make decisions that generate value for the company. So when we think about the traditional product management best practice versus data product management best practice, they have a common principle that they both share, which is always start with your customer's needs. Always start with identifying the customer's pain points and then derive a vision for and strategy for addressing that pain point. So this is where they both come together under that same principle from which they can work backwards to figure out how to devise a solution for these problems, these pain points, and also how they can build a roadmap based on agreed upon strategy that they can deliver for the customer to generate value. And most of the time generating value means the service or the agreement that this product has made is served with regards to expected service level agreement, with regards to whatever the problem these customers are facing, the mission of that product is to solve that problem. Uh, if you think about a sandwich, the mission of that sandwich is to fill up the belly to satisfy somebody's hunger, for example. So after the customer consumes that sandwich, the mission is that uh, hunger goes away, right? So just a simple example of the term. And if you look at the simple definition of product by itself, it simply means an artifact or a substance that is manufactured into a service, manufactured into a final output that generates value for a consumer. Yeah, so basically the work, uh, the, the role of product manager to identify the needs of a customer, then think how they can be addressed, and then derive a vision strategy, and then you said work backwards, and then eventually build the service that solves this particular pain point, this need, right? And this whole thing, this service is uh, what a product is, right? And so something that solves a particular problem for a particular group of people, right? That's correct. So this is common for both uh, traditional product managers and data product managers. So both have uh, clients, both solve problems, except that in one case, traditional product managers solve problems of external clients, so to, so to say, while data product managers usually address the needs of internal clients, right? Correct. So again, there could be data product management. For example, a recommendation system is something that I would call a data product. A recommendation system okay. is often used by external customers. Therefore, a traditional product manager is capable of managing a recommendation system, given that this product manager gathers uh, specific skills to manage these recommendation systems. And let's explore some of the skills in general. You're talking about designing skills, strategy, analytical skills, technical skills. So something about being able to manage a, a data product for external customers is to be able to have conversations with engineers from a technical design, technical implementation, or architecture perspective. So again, a recommendation system 
can be managed through traditional product management. And one of the advantage, or not, I wouldn't call it advantage, but more of a leg up that traditional product management has is that there is this UX design aspect of it where, for example, these products can be served on a website. They have a good design on the website versus internally, when you think about pure data products, the UX design is probably lacking, meaning you're collecting all of the data, aggregating them under one roof, and then serving them to downstream clients who can consume that. So think about how you would design a user interface for something like this. So there are limitations. There's an opportunity for internal data product management to invite UX designers to understand how to design that user interface for them. So, you know, I'm hoping I'm making the distinction between the two. Yeah. And with all these responsibilities, regardless whether it's internal, external, it's quite a lot of things for a product manager. And uh, why, in your opinion, it's useful for data professionals who are not product managers, let's say for data analysts, data engineers, data scientists, why it could be a good idea to also learn a bit of uh, product management? It helps because it prepares your mental model for always starting with the end in mind. The end in mind means that you're envisioning a North Star service or products that addresses key pain points for your customers. So with that mental model, you're capable of figuring out who are the stakeholders that allows you to fulfill this mission. And with that, they are also capable of understanding the customer journey, which is a key part of designing a solution for your customers. And what that gives you as a data analyst or a data scientist, or you name it, any data professional, is the ability to acquire domain knowledge. So if you're able to express, understand the customer journey, for example, for a data product served on the web, being able to design, express, detail of that customer journey from the time they enter the website, navigate through, click uh, the different products until conversion, meaning until they accept to purchase the product or service and consume it and feel satisfied. Being able to map that out is something that will make you a more powerful data analyst, a more powerful data scientist, or a more powerful data professional. So being able to acquire these skills can only help to bridge the gap between technical and non-technical teams. What is the customer journey? I think I understood from your description is this is well, a journey that a customer makes. So let's say they want to purchase a, a pair of headphones. So they go to an e-commerce website. So first they need to find uh, what they need, right? Wireless with wires and so on, like, uh, big ones, small ones. So then so first they look for what they need, then maybe look at reviews, and then finally they make a decision, click the buy button, then enter in the credit card details, and then a few days later they unpack the thing and uh, start listening uh, for music, right? So that's the, the journey, right? That's the customer journey, exactly. So if you're the product manager for this website that serve all of these products, like you know headphones and things like that, you need to understand whether you're a product manager or a data professional, you need to understand that customer journey. So you can design key solutions once you identify those pain points or the roadblocks that would prevent a customer from purchasing your product. And how, how can I understand customer journey better, let's say, as a data scientist? What do I do for that? Obviously, you will not be able to be on the grassroots of things where you're deep diving all the time. So that's why you need different teams, right? So the best practice is to probably interview 
most of the time, data scientists don't have access to the external customers or the final consumers. So it's best to interview your business partners. Like product managers. Exactly. Your business partners or the product managers, uh, they're the department heads, et cetera, et cetera, business analysts to help them understand the current standard operation procedures or operational steps when transactions are made for that product. So that's probably the best way. Read documentations about you know, these processes. And at this point, they were able to gain knowledge. But one of the most powerful tool that people often forget to use, which is available to us all, is the will to ask questions. Forget asking the right questions at first, because asking the right questions comes with experience. So when you're new into the field of data science or anything like that, I always find it that those who become very powerful, very effective, very efficient, are the ones who are willing to ask a lot of questions so they can learn and adjust and discover. So this is a soft skill that's definitely needed when it comes to discovering uh, domain knowledge. So good data scientists or good data professionals are good detectives. So that's probably the best way I can think about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you need to be a good detective and find business partners, business analysts, product managers, uh, domain experts, and ask them questions. It doesn't have to be great questions. You just need to ask with, you know, something to understand the topic better. And then with time, you will learn how to ask the right questions. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned you need to interview and how, how would you go about interviewing them? Well, these business partners, how would you structure, let's say you want to set up a meeting just to learn more about customer journey, more about uh, operations or I don't know, something. So you just find first a domain expert and then you want to schedule a meeting with them, right? So how do you structure this meeting? How do you structure this interview? What do you ask them? I think what I would advise in that case is again, start with the end in mind. It's not good to just schedule a meeting without mm -hmm. a structure. And that's why I like this question. It's because you, know, you wanna set a meeting with purpose. So what is the purpose? of setting up the meeting? Are you setting up a meeting to simply learn the general operations of the business? Or are you trying to surface the pain points of the business? Are you trying to learn what the key goals are and then setting up a framework for identifying what the obstacles are that could prevent from reaching these key business goals? Or are you trying to surface opportunities that will create an uptick or an increase in those metrics that help you reach those business goals? So with that, again, start with the purpose of the meeting. And most of the time, it's to understand what the business is trying to do, which is understand what the business goals are, and then create a list of questions to identify the different obstacles that they're experiencing that are posing a threat to reaching these goals, or even identifying the current limitations they have that could represent a threat to reach these goals. And then these data scientists can go back and figure out how to generate or deploy new features that allow them to reduce or these limitations, add more capabilities, or remove obstacles so these goals can be met. And how do you identify these obstacles? What kind of questions do you ask? Is it like, okay, tell me about your day and what are you struggling with? Or what kind of questions? Yeah, and, and that could be done through a some specific use case, right? One of the most famous ones could be, well, last year around the same time, we we're already at a million dollars. And this year, we're down 30% compared to last year. And 
uh, we're not making money and we're trying to figure out what's going on. So there are a lot of frameworks and me being from manufacturing, I typically go with five whys when I interview people. Well, what do you think that's happening? Well, customers are leaving us. They're not going onto the website anymore to purchase. And then asking those five whys allows you to gather preliminary answers from the business, which most of the time, I think data professionals can take with a grain of salt because why uh, business folks tend to append or use leverage their experience about the market to kind of deduct certain things. That is if they didn't have time to deep dive into data. This is where data scientists or data professionals can go back into the data to kind of reconcile these hypotheses or make correlations between what they've first heard about the problems. And with that, there could be a reason why customer churns are happening. And with proper design skills, they can understand how to address this or one fact, find the root cause, for example, for customer churn, they can find out whether it was due to a feature that was released on your website that caused the customers to be confused and miss on the click buy button. Since that feature launch, this has caused a reduction in sales, right? So all of these working backwards tasks help you identify what happened, whether it was an external event that happened. For example, let's say that COVID was the event that caused a downturn on your sales, right? Being able to work backwards to figure out that root cause is what data scientists can do when they're analyzing data. Yeah, thank you. So we have a question from Peter, and actually I have a similar one. So the question from Peter is, what is product sense? And what I would add to this is, is it similar to product mindset? To me, it seems like uh, synonyms, product sense, product mindset. What are these things? So do do you know? Product sense, I don't hear that often, but I have an idea. And there's no firm definition for this. A product sense to me is a mindset, I would say. The mindset of being able to understand the characteristics and limitations of your product with regards to your customer's needs and being able to derive a roadmap and strategy that address these expected and unexpected needs of your customers. So understanding the trends of these products, the trends of the market, the trends of your customers' behaviors, because needs change over time. So a product sense to me is more of a mindset that entails different things from understanding the external and internal forces that drive the performance of your product. And uh, this is something that everyone can have. It's not only a thing to have for product managers, everyone on the team, data professional, non-data professional, well, I don't know, could, could be front-end engineer, back-end engineer, everyone can have that, right? And it's uh, about, how you said, understanding characteristics of your product, right? And limitations. Yes, limitations. And uh, you also mentioned defining roadmaps and strategies. Right, so this is also a part of, of that. So how as a data professional, I can take part in defining a roadmap? Because I, I assume this is usually what a product manager is doing, right? So how can I help my product manager work on a roadmap and what do I need for that? Yeah, so if you're a data professional, you're either on the business team as a data analyst, business analyst, or you're on the tech side, I mean, even an ML engineer, a data engineer, et cetera. I think because product roadmaps are led by product managers, the best practice is for involving all your stakeholders into this because you need to understand whether you will be able to deliver what you promised to deliver 
especially the technical side, will be responsible for t-shirt sizing the efforts it takes to deploy the key features of your product. So as a data professional, the contribution that you can make is provide that that t-shirt sizing in terms of effort. For example, if a feature requires the build of key data pipelines, for example, that require uh, real-time inference from machine learning, a data professional on the technical side is responsible for providing advice and aligning on timeline to ensure that the underlying infrastructure is either present or there's a strategy for establishing that infrastructure that gives you those key pipelines, which in turn enable these features that you want to release in XYZ timeframe. So when you think about it, it's definitely something that data professionals are already doing. It's a matter of whether your organization is applying these best practices where product managers are inviting everybody at the table to provide their opinions and advice on how to move the needle. And uh, what is this T-shirt sizing? Is it taking something big and complex and chunking it into smaller things? T-shirt sizing is simply providing what is the cost of me spending time to build this, how long it will take me to build this, et cetera, et cetera. So basically it's determining the effort that it takes to build something. Yeah. And I guess another thing, uh, I'm not sure we talked about this, but you mentioned it a few times that you should start with an end in mind, right? And I guess this is something that we also can do when, let's say, we discuss uh, a new feature that let's think what kind of problem we're solving for the customer, right? And then work backwards on that problem instead of trying to come up with a solution that technically is interesting, is good, but doesn't really solve the problem, right? Exactly. So if you think about a product manager, a data scientist's customer is the product manager in this case, right? So when the product manager comes up with this roadmap, that has a list of features that are prioritized based on the ones that speak closer to the business goals, then, you know, as a client to the data scientist, the data scientist needs to work backwards from this to figure out how that solution will be delivered. It's not up to the product manager to dictate how that solution will be delivered. For example, as a product manager, I cannot go to the engineers and say, use this tech stack and use this tech stack to deliver this feature. It should be the engineer's responsibility to tell me what is the best solution to achieve this. And their role is to gather the requirements from me, meaning this feature requires high availability, high concurrency, uh, low latency, et cetera, et cetera. And then they figure out how to design the final product for me for the final release. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you would say that PM is more problem-oriented and data scientist is more solution-oriented, right? They're both solution-oriented if you think about it, right? Uh -huh. A PM is solution-oriented for their customer. A data scientist is solution-oriented for its customer, who's the PM. A PM is a solution-oriented for its customer, who's the external consumer. So it depends on which angle you're looking at this. Mm -hmm. They're both working in tandem to provide a solution for the ones they serve. And you can abstract that to any position, right? Whether you're an accountant or whether you're a supply chain manager or you're a buyer or planner of production, you're serving a downstream customer and you can create a roadmap. And this is why you think knowing how to build a roadmap is a very powerful thing or tool to use for career advancement. You don't have to be a product manager to be able to build a roadmap for yourself as a supply chain manager, for example, right? That shows leadership that you're thinking beyond your daily activities. And you're thinking about future transformation of your business 
and that gets you promoted because you're you're thinking about future transformation you're thinking about improvement you're thinking about growth of your department and it's a great skill to have it's a great tool to use it shouldn't be bounded by product managers limited to product managers only so how can i do that how can i build this roadmap should i ask maybe my product manager to help me or how do i go about that now when i say roadmap i can think about a data scientist for example building a roadmap is different than a product manager building a roadmap mm-hmm. right so a roadmap built by a data scientist and their group members is going to be about building the underlying infrastructure that helps them better serve their clients for example a group of product managers may come up with 10,000 business use cases that require some sort of ml algorithm to address these use cases so in a sense you know you can have a group of data scientists who strategize on how to implement certain frameworks for example in this case to keep up with all of these demands and when i call demands are all of these business use cases that keep coming up these product managers are coming to knock on their door and say hey i need help that's a good use case for building a roadmap for mlops mm-hmm. right so figuring out all of the different components of mlops assessing where you are today and where you want to go tomorrow to fully deploy an mlops framework that allows you to keep up with all that demand and that mlops framework gives you the right you know provide the right supply that meets the demand of of the business teams so again a roadmap for a technical side may be different from a roadmap for a business non tech side but it's the same kind of thought process with regards to having to focus on the customer in mind so you, you don't want me to come up with a bunch of requests and you can't answer to any of these requests because you don't have the underlying infrastructure to support my demands right so kind of have a plan to be able to respond to this increased capacity here so again i'm thinking manufacturing mm-hmm. input transformation output what i also heard from you maybe i don't know if it's the right summary or not but people come to let's say to me as a data scientist with problems and these are usually product managers or maybe product analysts or other people so they come to me with problems and for me the ability to generalize all these problems and then see like the bigger picture and then put all these problems into roadmap and say okay with this thing we can solve this bunch of problems with this thing we can solve this bunch of problems and then you see the bigger picture so this is what you mean by coming up with roadmap right yeah c- coming up with a roadmap is kind of like understanding what strategy you will use to serve your customers meaning are you going to deploy a project or assign a group of tech folks to each project that your customers come up with or are you going to build a framework that can scale to address these needs so do you have a process in place to understand which of your models can be reused or repurposed for different business use cases versus having to go through the long cycle of project management right so all of that is about you know what is the vision for your data or tech department to serve its client and how do you build that vision is by identifying the issues the obstacles that you've seen along the road when you're working through the unscalable way and what is that what is this non-scalable way so unscalable meaning like kind of manual way so uh-huh. if you're having to allocate time effort people resources for each business use case that come to mm-hmm. you which is a long cycle of project life cycle management right versus having an mlops 
infrastructure that allows you to quickly build, test, deploy models to shorten these project life cycles. You know, so you'll have to draw that roadmap that helps you get to that maturity level. Because today you may make an assessment that helps you identify the gaps, whether you have the right professionals, whether you have the right tech stack, and whether you have you know, the right skills to manage these tech stacks. And you need to decide inside of that roadmap which of these are most important that you need to go after by prioritizing until you get there. So it's all about drawing the roadmap to maturity level. And I think you said multiple times, driving the roadmap. So does it mean that, let's say, I work in a team? So this is a team. It has a product manager, a bunch of other people, me. So we have this team. And then driving the roadmap of this team means that taking active part in discussions when we talk about what we want to solve next and uh, say things there about, okay, I think this is the problem we should be focusing on right now and being able to defend this position to convince everyone on the team that this is indeed the problem and we as a team should focus on solving this problem, let's say in the next quarter, right? This is what it means to drive the roadmap. Yeah, so to me, a roadmap should be a three-year plan, never less or never more. A three-year plan because something that is a roadmap for five years is quite loose because nobody really knows what's going to happen in five years in terms of trends. So you have a better sense of the future trends within the next three years. And then inside of those three years, you kind of prioritize what you want to go after. For example, if your biggest needs inside of that roadmap is we need more people, we need more specialized folks, we need more data engineers because we cannot keep up with these demands to build key data pipelines that serve different purpose. So we need to hire more and better qualified data engineers, or we need to create a strategy for putting better training materials for these data engineers so they can keep up with the industry, et cetera, et cetera. So you kind of identify the limitations that you have and then prioritize the solutions to these limitations over the next three years. And you prioritize by what you need the most to what you need the least. And also you prioritize by how much effort, whether you want to buy a third-party software or you want to build it from the ground up, the cost, the effort, the impact also, right? The impact is big because maybe hiring more data engineers gives you a better return on your investment with regards to being able to create pipelines that serve downstream customers. So again, a roadmap is inside of three years, accounts for impact, effort, cost, timeline. So you can kind of draw the map for and strategize on what you need to focus on. Is it, uh, would you say it's more like a project management skill or a product manager skill? It's a product manager skill. Uh-huh. So like when I think about like cost impact or all that, to me, this is like uh, you have like a project that you need to finish. This is different, right? This is different. Mm-hmm. Think about roadmap as future transformation of a product or a system or department and the strategy that helps you get there from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, three years long plan seems like quite uh, a while, right? So how do you go about that? If I don't even know what happens in one quarter or half a year, how do I plan for three years? That's quite a long-term plan to me. Yeah, to me, that's more of a think big Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And then don't forget, you have a three-year roadmap. If it's more than five years, then you're kind of shooting in in the air with no aim. If it's three years, it's a good estimate of what the future needs are. It's being able to anticipate where the trends are going, right? Being able to anticipate what the future needs of your customers will be. So that gives you a good thing. And remember, a roadmap is not a static 
strategy. It's an adaptive strategy. So you give yourself three years. Once you have alignment on this roadmap, you start working at year one on what you decide for what's more important. But things change in the market and your roadmap needs to be up to date. So a roadmap that you write for today for the next three years will change next year, most likely, because the needs of your customers will change with it. So don't think about the roadmap as a static document, but more of a dynamic one that provides flexibility and even proactiveness in being able to anticipate what your customers will do and what their needs will be. And how can I best learn these skills? So there is actually a question from Patricia is how can we best increase, develop our roadmaps and uh, building our roadmap building skills? Is there a good resource? Maybe there is a product management course that we as data scientists can take to learn these things, or we just need to watch uh, product managers, how they do their job and learn from them. Yeah, I haven't found any, or I don't know of any specific product management. You probably can YouTube or Google how to build a product roadmap and kind of pull the skills from this and apply it to your department. But I'm not sure there is like a set uh, way of doing so. You can come up with your own framework for this. For me, it's about one, again, starting with the end in mind, which is what is the problem that you're experiencing right now? So list all of your problems in a Excel sheet. Each row has a list of problems and the column heads are the problem, the driver of this problem or potential root cause of this problem. Then you can have another column called solution or potential solution. Then after solution, you can have a justification. And then after justification, you can have uh, stakeholders affected that would be affected. Then you have impact. What is the impact of that solution? So is it a customer experience improvement? Is it an uplift in sales that solution gives you? And then you have a column for effort where you can estimate, but if you're already on the tech side, you can kind of better understand what the effort will be there. And then you have uh, smart goals. The smart metric for that solution is time-bound and measurable. That's another column that I would add in a roadmap. And then the last column I would say would be prioritization. Is it a priority number one, number two, number three? Then once you fill up all of that Excel file, you can kind of filter by priority where you prioritize P1s first, and then in terms of that SMART goal, you will know when you need to deliver based on the efforts. And there will be trade-offs, right? So there could be something with high impact that may take six months to build. Are you going to prioritize that versus prioritizing three smaller effort solutions that combined can give you the same impact as working on one that can give you a big impact. So you have to understand how to make trade-offs between all of this list. So there you go. I just created a mm -hmm. quick framework for building a roadmap for your department. Yeah, thanks. That's useful. And uh, also there is a question from Elena about uh, setting up metrics for internal data platforms. So I think that's also interesting. And this is something that I think product managers also do, right? So let's say we have a problem, we want to solve this problem. Now we need to think, how can we actually measure that we are solving this problem? Is it correct? Is it something that uh, product managers do? It's a uh, product management 101, especially mm -hmm. in designing solutions for their customers. So you want to identify the affected customers to identify the pain points. You want to brainstorm what that North Star is for these pain points, meaning the vision of 
a product that would solve these pain points. And also you want to describe exactly what that question is asking, describe what the success criteria is. And that success criteria is where you embed those success metrics. So for you, a solution may be you want to reduce latency of the data pipelines that you serve to the downstream team, for example, or you want to reduce SLA service level agreement for your teams. You want to increase engagement on your website, right? Engagement, you're looking to increase that by 10%. You want to reduce customer churn. I mean, product management design 101, success criteria with those success metrics are key to monitor and validate that solution you've implemented was effective. This comes to the smart framework you mentioned that M there is measurable, right? So we always need to think about a way to measure that we're actually solving this problem, right? Correct. I think that the question was about uh, internal data platforms. And let's say I can imagine myself what kind of problems I might have with a data platform. Maybe there are data quality issues, right? And then, yeah, how can we measure that? Well, fewer people complain, for example, right? Or uh, some other other ways of measuring them and then it can can become your you know success criteria fewer people complain about quality and then i don't know we can track complaints and then after half a year if there are no complaints we can call it done right pipeline failures for example yeah, okay are you experiencing less pipeline failures are you addressing your pipeline failures within the service level agreement that you established for example you may say high-priority business-critical pipelines, when they fail, you have your service-level agreement of 48 hours. So your success criteria is anything 48 hours or under, you can use that as a metric. You can say 98% of your pipeline failures, business-critical pipeline failures, will be addressed inside of that agreed-upon service-level agreement. So with that, 98% is your success metric. So you need to do that or exceed it. And that's another metric. But there there are many others that you can think of, but that's easy one that I can think about. Yeah, here, I guess when you do this exercise that you mentioned for coming up with a roadmap and you do this Excel spreadsheet, if you fill all the columns, it will give you a lot of great ideas what the, the right metrics can be, right? How can we measure that we're actually solving these pain points? Correct. And uh, another question I have for you is, I know that there are teams who do not have product managers for some reasons. I have worked in such a team at some point, and I know that what can happen in such a team is uh, people work on solving problems that don't exist. I have tried solving problems that don't exist, and then I was surprised why is my solution is not used, right? So. Do you have any recommendations what people in such teams can do when they don't have product managers who can tell them, hey, you're doing something that is not useful? Can we make sure that our projects in these teams are more successful? Yeah. Whether you have a product manager or not, you have a customer. So Mm -hmm. if you're a data science team or data team, you're doing some work for somebody downstream to consume. So the first thing I would say is identify those folks and identify the business decision makers or the decision makers of these departments that you serve. So who are the decision makers? Identify them and interview them and surface these pain points and then brainstorm ideas to tackle these pain points and use data to brainstorm ideas and use data to solve these ideas. That's probably the most powerful thing that data scientists have, right? They use data to explore, they use data to solve. So at the end of the day, you may find, and it depends on the company culture, you may find that you don't need the middleman, you don't need the product manager to guide you in this journey. You just need to understand who your customers are, who you serve, and what are they trying to solve and how you solve them for them. Mm -hmm. So best practice is get in touch with the decision makers yeah, I remember uh, a PM who I worked with in my team. He said that 
he would call himself successful if a team no longer needs him, that a team can autonomously function without him, come up with all these roadmaps and all these things. And I thought, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. Like, if a team no longer needs him, what is he going to do? But the, the, that's an interesting thing. I guess uh, he will move on to a different team that maybe needs, still needs help uh, learning. Yeah, I think what he said or she said is more of a mental model piece, right? So when the technical team no longer needs a PM, it's because mental models are aligned and that makes an even more powerful team that mm. tackles true problems and work on the right things, right? So mental models are aligned on the right things. Okay, I think we should be wrapping up. So do you want to say anything before we finish? Yeah, so I guess my message is wherever you are, be open to learning different things. I think you may hear um, more conversation about data professionals or data scientists, ML engineers, software engineers who want to transition to product-based positions. You know, you don't have to wait until you're ready to move or you're ready to make your next career move to learn about the skills. You can learn about these skills on the job, at your current job, right? You know, being open to learn a skill outside of your immediate responsibilities or outside of your skill set makes you that much more powerful at your current job and gets you promoted faster and be open to learning something outside of your daily responsibilities. And uh, hopefully that everyone who listened here, take that as inspiration to have a great career and you're in charge. Don't forget to ask when you want to get from point A to point B whether it's in your career or whether you want to understand the pain point of, of a customer, ask. And if anybody can follow me on LinkedIn, I'm happy to answer additional questions. And with that, thank you, Alexei, for your time and hosting me. Hopefully the audience and you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Yes. So uh, I see in the comments that people are thanking you for sharing all these amazing tips. And I joined them in thanking you so thanks a lot and yeah the, the other question i was going to ask is where well, people can find you i think you answered that linkedin is the best way right correct okay so thanks a lot thanks for joining us today thanks everyone for joining us today also for asking questions and yeah have a great uh, rest of the week thank you very much bye guys goodbye